Well, hello and good morning, everyone. Um, this is Melvin Gaines. I'm doing live stream Sunday school right now for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, Akron, Ohio. And we're going to go ahead and get started with uh, today's uh, music interlude uh, to get us going with the uh, Sunday school. Reverend Milton Brunson, I'm free. Uh, and I will allow that for all while others join us. We thank you for being here this morning. And good morning, Ronnie. And good morning, Arlen. And thank you for being here. Live stream Sunday school. Palm Sunday. April 10th, 2022. Amen. Hey, Jackie, good morning. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, Beth, good morning. Thank you for being here. Brother Roscoe, good morning. Good morning, Clarinda. <clears throat> Good morning. Bev Parkman. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. It's sunny outside, back in Ohio. Thank you. <laughs> Larry and Ann, good morning. Have you been taking time during the week to rest in where the Lord has you? I think that's very, very important. We can't let life be so consuming that uh, you can't slow yourself down to enjoy the Lord's presence. Glad you're on the men, Bev. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here, everybody. God bless you. It's a sunny 39 degrees. <laughs> Charles and Joanna, good morning. 
saying. Amen. Reverend Milton Brunson, I'm free. Amen. Amen. That's a that's a song that uh, I think you would consider that song when someone passes on and how they uh, how there is a reassurance in your soul that that person is indeed with the Lord. That that, that type. That's what that song makes me think of right this moment. Um, it has many meanings, but. Um, that's one that comes to mind right now. And the great thing about being free, what are you free of? Free from suffering, free from pain, free from discomfort. Free from worry. Free from worry. Uh, yeah, there's nothing to worry about anymore. There's nothing to, your mission uh, is all over with. And it's all taken care of. So good morning, Lisa. Uh, thanks for being here. Good morning, uh, Liv, Liv, Liz Eves. I could say that three times too fast. Uh but <laughs> well, thank you for being here this morning. We appreciate you being here. We have, um, uh, let's see here. I've got, um, yeah, that, um, okay. So let's, first of all, let everybody, remind everybody here too that we do have a message following here online. Um, it is the a message from the Prince of Peace. That's going to be following online here uh, after Sunday school. For those who are not going to be with us in church, you'll be able to stay online and look at the message, uh, a, message from the pri- a message from the Prince of Peace. Uh, that's uh, a message that I'm bringing, and I'll be bringing that today live in church as well, too, for, for uh, uh, essentially for Palm Sunday. Today is Palm Sunday, and it, uh, it is actually the beginning of Holy Week, as it's mentioned in pretty much all circles when it comes to the preparation for what happens later this week, Good Friday and Easter. Uh, but we uh, appreciate you paying attention to the message specifically as to how it speaks to you as for as far as what God is trying to say to you through uh, what Jesus was conveying at the time when this was taking place and and what that means to you as far as your ministry before others. I, I can't emphasize enough how important it is for us as believers to continue to reflect the life of Christ, the love of Christ in all of our actions and all of our vocations, whatever we're doing. We must do those things. It's really important. And good morning, Marquetta. Thanks for being here. Uh, Please remember your tithes and offerings. We want to make sure that uh, we don't ever let up from that if we can help it. The fact that we're in church right now is beneficial uh, to help keep that thing going. But if you're not attending we're not coming to church. You're welcome to mail your tithes and offerings to Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. The address is 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. We appreciate your help with uh, making sure that that gets taken care of. And your prayers for our church, our ongoing prayers. Our church is still doing its thing, still doing what's necessary to be obedient to the Lord's will and his ways and We want to make sure also, too, that we are able to care for others who reach out to us from a standpoint of benevolence or if there are needs for the church as far as paying for utilities, that type of thing. Those things are ongoing. They don't stop. Uh, This coming Friday will be Good Friday service at Riverside Alliance Church at 6 o'clock. If you have questions about that, we're doing a joint uh, area, joint uh, session. Uh, for Good Friday, the Good Friday service uh, at Riverside Alliance this coming Friday at 6 o'clock. We'll be announcing that also in church as well, too. If you have questions about where that is, it is on South Main Street, south of downtown and Akron. Um, We appreciate your being able to attend. If you can do that, that will be much appreciated. And they said they're serving food afterward, too. So uh, if that's an incitement for you to go, that's fine. But we appreciate you checking it out if you can. And that's really the announcements that I have for today. We appreciate all of you being here today. We've got a little bit to cover here before we have to sign off here. But we're getting back into the subject of biblical inerrancy and the nature of Scripture is what we're covering the New Testament and looking at passages from the New Testament. But we're looking now at the nature of Scripture. We we, uh, uh, completed uh, the, the portion last week where we were talking about the origin of Scripture. Now we're going into the nature of Scripture. 
And there is a, a very important way of looking at Scripture and how the Bible gives us reassurances all throughout about how this word that we read is indeed inspired by none other than the Lord and passed on to those who record it and make a note of it. And so these passages we'll be looking at, we'll be taking a look at those things, very, uh, uh, that very important uh, aspect of uh, the subject of biblical inerrancy. Good morning, Laura. Uh, thank you for joining us today. We are glad. I hope you're on the mend as well. Uh, we, we appreciate you uh, joining us online today. And it looks like we've got a pretty good uh, group of people online today, too. So uh, we're going to keep moving forward. Brandon, good morning. We are going to get started with Sunday School. We are going to get into these wor the Word here. <clears throat> I'm going to trust that you're going to follow along with your own Bibles and electronic devices. But that's really what it comes down to. We're going to be spending time in Sunday School. And we're going to be getting into what the Word says and what it means to us right now. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, thank you for this time that you have set aside for us to seek after you now through the power of the Spirit. Lord, you impart wisdom and knowledge to us. And Lord, sometimes you even overwhelm us with your goodness when we see how you truly are working in our lives. We pray that the words that are discussed here are not my words, but your words, and that the words, the passages that we review, that we have we receive from you great wisdom and insight, and we thank you for all that you're doing and all that you continue to do for us. We thank you for giving us the desire to sit quietly and hear you speak to us. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Uh, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Matthew chapter 4, verse 10. We're going to look at that passage first. But we're going to talk about the nature of Scripture when we look at biblical inerrancy and how... There are three specific points that we want to make sure that we're paying attention to here. Um, as far as the authoritative nature, there's a, the authoritative nature of Scripture. It is the complete nature of Scripture. It's complete. There is nothing being left out. And also the effectual uh, uh, means of, uh, pardon me, and the timeless. It is timeless. It is prophetic. It is absolute. These are things that we want to look at when it comes to the authoritative nature of Scripture. Um, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 10, I've, I've got a passage here. I'm going to go to um, an area that I like to look at. The English Standard Version, Matthew chapter 4, verse 10. First of all, let's look at the absolute aspect of Scripture. It's absolute. And you'll notice that we are starting in a place where Jesus was actually being tempted by Satan. And that's a very, very interesting passage for when we look at Matthew chapter 4 in general and we look at the encounter between Satan and Jesus Christ. It's the only one that we have recorded, of course, in Scripture, but it's a very telling instance of the communication and how we should view Scripture based upon what Jesus says about it. It's absolute. Jesus said in Matthew 4.10, then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. That's an absolute statement, isn't it? It's a very authoritative and absolute statement. We are only to worship the Lord God and serve him only. And when we say worship the Lord God, we're also referring to, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is one and the same. He is the one that we are to pay attention to. And the reason why we have to make an authoritative statement like this, an absolute statement, it really tries to knock down, it knocks down anyone who wants to question, you know, who is God? Why are we following him? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Understand something. If you're not following God, you're following either yourself and or Satan. Uh, it's very clear. And we have to make sure that that, is, that statement is made. And we have to make sure that there are a lot of people who have a lot of different ideas on what they can do or what they should try to do to go to heaven, and you can't try to do anything to get to heaven because it won't work. Uh, ultimately, it, it, it comes with the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and his forgiveness when you repent and turn to him as your personal Lord and Savior. That's how you get uh, to spend eternal life with him. There's no other way to do it, and if you try to skirt that or go around it, what... What you'll find is that um, 
God would be disappointed. He would be very disappointed in you. You have to look at the words in that we'll be covering later on in the message about what Jesus said as he was approaching Jerusalem. And he was talking about the very people, uh, the Israelites, the people who uh, he was trying to reach and minister to, but they were not listening and they were not paying attention. And he wept for them because it was something that was very distressing to him at the time. And yet uh, he knew that their hearts were hardened. They were not going to uh, listen to him because they made a decision on their own to not follow Jesus, not uh, regard him as the Messiah. Let's take a look at another passage. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 37. This is again talking about the absolute nature of Scripture and its authority. Verse 37, 1 Corinthians 14. If anyone thinks he is that he is a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that the things I am writing to you are a command of the Lord. The things that are being written when 1 Corinthians is put together, of course, is a letter. And <clears throat> we have to recognize that what is being written, what is being mentioned here, it is about the Lord's commands. The things that we read, we have to understand that not every single word is a command, but the essence of what is being given to us by, uh, in the Word, the Word of God, is uh, a command of God and a way for us to be obedient to God's will. How are we obedient to God's will? We have to do what? We have to recognize Scripture. We have to pray. We have to make sure that we're doing everything we can to focus on that very thing. Um, turn to Galatians chapter 1. It's another one. Galatians 1. Now, I've got a couple of passages here, so uh, just so you're aware. Um, I can't read all of it. I'm going to, it's going to be covering verses, verse 8 in, in Galatians 1 and, all the, and then verses 11 and 12. So Galatians 1, and then we go down to verse 8, and then we're also going to look at verses 11 and 12 in Galatians 1. Okay, Galatians 1, and we're going to start at verse 8. Once again, we're looking at the absolute nature of Scripture. Verse 8, Galatians 1, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed, uh, or let there be a curse on that person. Amen? And then drop down to verse 11. For I would, not, I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Do you see the words here that are always pointing back to where that authority comes from to speak about God's word, his truth, his commands, the things that he wants us to, to follow and understand because these things are indeed good for us. It comes directly from Jesus Christ revealing it through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. If it weren't for Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, how could we possibly have a relationship with the Lord? We, we couldn't do it. We have to have that revelation that comes from Jesus Christ. We have he, Jesus Christ reveals himself to us through the Spirit. And that's how we came to become believers. We recognized the importance of being a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus had to reveal himself to us through the word, through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's plain and simple. That is how we all became believers in Jesus Christ. Those of us who chose to become believers, by the way, I don't want to make any assumptions because ultimately you know if you are have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't have one, then there is, it's a free relationship. The only thing, you're not giving up anything but a life that's living outside of the Lord. And living with the Lord is going to be much more beneficial for you if you acknowledge who Jesus Christ is in your life. Okay, one more passage in this particular section about absolute. First Thessalonians 4. First Thessalonians 4. Verse 2. And essentially, uh, Thessalonians is a, is a very good, uh, a wonderful book to read, too, because 
it's referring to a people that truly were faithful. They were looking to the Lord for, frankly, signs that he's coming soon. And, and that was because they were anxious to see his return because they loved the Lord and they wanted to be with him. And one of the things that emphasizes the importance of what Thessalonians is saying, it says in verse 2 of 1 Thessalonians 4, For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. If you look at the context of all of that, um, in verse 1 it says, Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. And then we read verse 2 just now about the instructions that come through the Lord Jesus. And then verse 3, it says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. And then all the things that follow in that, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. It gives you instructions on how to live. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to know about. How are we to live in a world today where we know that there is nothing but confusion out there, there's turmoil, there are people who are desperately confused about their own identity. That is a that is the work of the enemy, by the way, everybody. You, you have to understand that when you have to see people who are so confused about who they are, and they can't even define who they are because they've been deluded into this way of thinking that this is how I am to live right now, and they're stuck in that, you have to understand that is a very, very distressing, and uh, it can disillusion a lot of people uh, when you see something like that. Satan is at work to really try to keep people from coming after Jesus Christ, and, and that's really what this is all about. We are in spiritual warfare. I don't really get so much into political stuff and talk about those things because ultimately what it comes down to is that we need to look beyond some of those things that are surfacy like political stuff and look at the nature of the world. We have people on both sides of the political aisle who are not doing right, okay? And spiritual warfare is what's taking place, and we need to recognize it for what it really is, and you need to focus on none other than Jesus Christ. You have to look directly in at, at the Word, stay focused on the Word, stay focused on not people but Christ. That's the most important thing. I think that Akron Alliance Fellowship and other churches who preach the word, we are focusing on um, what's going on. And, what, and, and getting, as we're getting closer and closer to the end, as we uh, refer to in Matthew 24, uh, the end's coming because Jesus says the end is coming. And we've got to recognize that we are in spiritual warfare. And the most important thing that we can be doing as believers right now when it comes to this word, because we trust that this word is absolute, this word is authoritative, Pray for those people in your life that you know who do not know Jesus Christ. That is what is the most important right now. And pray that you remain strong and humble um, because you, you're going to need some strength to get through some of the things that are coming. Uh, I'm not anything, I don't know anything special about right now, but we know the word says that there are things coming that are going to be very, very difficult. And we can argue that we've already been through that for the last couple of years. There have been things where, that have been very, very difficult to deal with. People that we know, some people that we know, have died because of the virus or died uh, because of other extenuating circumstances. But it's been very difficult, hasn't it? And so we don't ever want to uh, misrepresent that. It is what it is. But we need to recognize that we're in spiritual warfare. That is what we're dealing with right now, spiritual warfare. So please keep that in mind. The Word, God's Word, we said it was authoritative. Um, it is authoritative, excuse me, and we said it was absolute. Another thing that it is is prophetic. Prophetic and apostolic. And that's something that's important for us to see, too. Go to Hebrews chapter 1. It's prophetic. And the prophetic part is really important because, uh, honestly, we, we recognize that there are things happening Today, things that have happened in the past that have been prophesied in Scripture and things to come, God is giving us clues and information and even warnings on what to be aware of in the future. Um, let's look at verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 uh, of Hebrews chapter 1. It says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. 
But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, that's Jesus Christ, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. First two lines in Hebrews, he is our creator. He is the uncreated creator. He is the one who is speaking to us. He's the one who's providing information for us. And I mentioned earlier about First Thessalonians, too. Remember that in the book of Thessalonians, you know, there was also discussion about the rapture itself um, and, and what that would represent and what that means. And one very, very important point that I have not forgotten, because I think David Jeremiah said it um, himself, you know, a lot of things are prophesied. We don't have a date on prophecy as to when the rapture uh, as it's referred to in scripture, there are zero signs for it. That's exactly right. There, there's no, there's no uh, indication in scripture as to when the rapture is going to take place. There's no signs for it whatsoever, which means for the believer, it can happen at any moment. So be ready. So be ready. So my lovely bride just said, so be ready, right? I mean, this is why it's important for us to take an active approach right now in prayer to making sure that everybody that you know and everybody that you come across, uh, that you know of anyway, who does not have a relationship with the Lord, that you give a fervent prayer for that person, that they recognize it right away, that they get, they get, uh, make that decision for Jesus Christ at that moment. Because we recognize that Jesus Christ, he's the one who is involved with, he's meeting people in the air when that rapture takes place. And we have to understand that that can happen at any time. There's no prophetic word beyond the fact that it's going to happen as far as the timing of when it happens. So we need to recognize that the rapture can happen at any moment. There's no signs that lead to that. We have to take this seriously from that standpoint. So I hope you get that. I hope you understand where I'm coming from with that. If you don't ask. Yeah, if you, right. If you don't ask, I, <laughs> make comments. Ask questions. Uh, we, we do allow, obviously, you can make comments at any point uh, in this uh, broadcast or even afterward, and we can respond to those comments and if you have questions about those things. Let's look, look, look at another passage real quick. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 2. You're just going one chapter over. Hebrews chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 3 and 4. And we're doing that to save a little bit of time here because we want to try and get through some of these. Context-wise, you would start with verse 1, but we're going we're to just jump ahead to verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? What salvation are we talking about? The salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard. Verse 4. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. We have a very active God who communicates with us. Amen? He's very active. He gives us what we need to be able to understand the importance of eternal life, salvation, coming through salvation uh, in Jesus Christ. He gives it to us because he declared it to us. That's what it says here in the Word. It was attested to us by those who heard, so it was also emphasized and God bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. What are the miracles and, and miracles and the signs and wonders? When Jesus lived, he showed his ability. We showed that he, in fact, was indeed Lord, that he was a deity. He was a deified individual. He is a deity, that he indeed imparted the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to us after he left. So we have all these things to help us to be able to understand what God's will truly is. May we live in such a manner where we have uh, true uh, reverence for God by how he is showing us about the prophecy, about the apostolic nature of his word. We also want to recognize that his word is timeless. His word is timeless. Let's take a look, please, at Matthew 24:35. Matthew 24, verse 35. His word is timeless. Um, timeless means there is no beginning and no end to it. We've read in previous weeks about how the word is going to be fulfilled and not a letter, not a word uh, in, in, the, in Scripture is not going to be fulfilled. It's going to eventually be fulfilled uh, in its entirety according to God's will, uh, his wisdom, 
And it says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Another version says, will never pass away. Matthew 24, 35. So we recognize that, that his word is indeed timeless. Do you believe that God's word is indeed all authority in your life? Is it authoritative in your life? Is it something that you really do regard as a timeless word? Uh, I challenge you if you have questions about that. Pray that God continues to reveal to you his nature, the word. It is indeed timeless. The time that we spend in studying his word is not a waste of time whatsoever. There's no waste of time. uh, One of the passages that uh, I was meditating on this morning is in Psalm 119. I think it's 142. I'm not 100% sure now about the verse, but it had to do with being awake at night and meditating on God's Word and how even when you're meditating on God's Word while you're in bed uh, wide awake, um, you get some... Let me see if I can find it now because I know my wife's looking for it. I need need to find it. I started spouting off verse numbers and that may be the wrong one. Nope, that's the wrong one. Hold on. I will get you the right one. It has to do with being awake at night. I'm trying to find it real quick. Let's see. Ah, 148. There we go. It's close. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 148. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promise. Wow. So, isn't it interesting if you're lying in bed at night and you're wide awake and you hear... Maybe you've got a, a, a psalm going through your head. Maybe you've got music going through your head. It's God's word. When we say talk about meditating on the word day and night, it literally does mean day and night. It means at all times because sometimes you're wide awake. You, you don't, you're not asleep. You're not falling back asleep. But yet when you spend time in the word, when you spend time in meditating on those words, the words of truth, the words of grace, the words of peace that God gives to you, he'll help you to fall back asleep. And you'll be well rested. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Stay focused on his word. Uh, It is indeed a timeless word. It is a word that is precious. The other thing we want to look at about the nature of scripture, it is complete. It's complete. Um, Let's look at Revelation 22. Uh, uh, It's complete. And I think that it's important to look at Revelation sometimes when we look at um, it's the last book of the Bible, and there's a lot that happens in, the, in that book, of course. It has to do, honestly, with uh, when the people of the world uh, eventually become go face-to-face with uh, the Lord. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And so that's the end. And look what it says about the Bible here in Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. You don't want those plagues described in Revelation, amen? I mean, you don't want um, anything like that. They're, um, they're disastrous, honestly. And verse 19, and if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. It, it gives you cause and pause, honestly, for those who are called to preach and speak. We've got to get it right, don't we? We've got to get it right, and we can't, uh, we've got to make sure that we're saying the words that indeed are being conveyed here in Scripture, that we're not taking words and twisting them around and putting a human element to them or or giving you something that uh, is in any way, shape, or form going to be unhelpful uh, for you to be able to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. If anything, we should be steering you towards the word and not away from it. We should be taking you not to personal beliefs or philosophies or, or even politics. Um, I don't, you know, I, I, I let people do what they do. I don't get involved with how they do things, but I, I'm just giving everyone caution here. Politics is not going to help you in many cases to have a close relationship with the Lord. It, it's... Let's face, let's face it, politicians have a reputation for lying or, or saying things that are untruthful. Why would you embrace that type of behavior or that type of thinking? You need to be embracing the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, the word is also effectual. 
Go to Matthew 22, verse 19. Effectual. Matthew, I'm sorry, yes, verse, verses 18 and 19. No, verses 29. I'm reading the wrong thing. Matthew 22, verse 29. I'm so sorry. Yep. Matthew 22, 29. I'm reading, I was actually reading the passage before. That was the wrong one. Verse 29. Matthew 22, 29. And you notice how uh, if I make a mistake, I acknowledge I make a mistake. Uh, this is what all pastors or preachers or anybody else who's teaching the word, Sunday school, whatever it is, if you make a mistake, you own up to it and say, hey, I, mess, I made a mistake. And you go back and you, and you just correct the error. And the reason why you do that is because you want to make sure that you, the person listening to you comes away with the right information. Plain and simple. Matthew twenty two twenty nine. But Jesus answered them, you are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. It is effectual. If you knew the scriptures and if you knew what they represented, you would understand the power of God. That's essentially what Jesus is saying right here in this passage. Now drop over to Matthew twenty six fifty four. Matthew twenty six fifty four. Effectual. The words that are being spoken in Scripture are going to be fulfilled. Let's just keep that in mind as we talk about this. They're going to be fulfilled. But how then would the Scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? And we're talking about what? Jesus' crucifixion. That's what we're referring to here. It has to be fulfilled in this way. There's no other way to do it. It's going to be fulfilled exactly as it was stated. And that's a tough thing to take because we need to recognize that the one thing we don't like about what Jesus did on the cross is that he had to suffer and die for it. Well, let me just tell you something. If he didn't suffer and die for it, then that means the scriptures would not be fulfilled. We, we're the ones that... Yeah, we would be the ones that would have to suffer that fate. Exactly right. Uh, uh, he did that for us. He did that to protect us, to save us, because he loves us. We, we just need to acknowledge what he did for us. And it's, it should give us great pause. This Holy Week, when we talk about that, it's a very emotional week for a lot of people because it, it really comes down to, uh, and even Palm Sunday, even that, that time when Jesus went to Jerusalem, it was an emotional time for him too. And it's not, you, only, you see it in how he was really lamenting how Jerusalem was not listening. The people of Israel were not really listening. They were not listening. They were the chosen people of God. And yet, a lot of them chose not to listen. Um, pray for our brothers in Israel right now. Uh, we, we, of course, know that there are some people who are Israelites who are indeed believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. They are the Messianic um, Jews that we refer to. And they recognize that Jesus indeed has come. But a lot of them have also taken this, the position that he has not come yet. So they are waiting for something that has already happened and... But they're making a choice to do that. They're making a decision that that's, the word hasn't been fulfilled yet. You pray for them too because they need to understand the total truth. The foundation of faith. The nature of scripture is based upon the foundation of faith. And let's speed along here. Please take a look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20. Ephesians 2 20. I love this. Ephesians 2.20. And this is what we need to recognize, too, about how Jesus is indeed the cornerstone. That's uh, the thing that we're going to see here. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Uh, it, it leads up to that, saying that you're fellow citizens and saints and members of the household of God. and that's because, but, but of that household of God, Jesus is the chief uh, cornerstone. He is the foundation. When Jesus spoke to Peter, on this rock I will build my church, he's talking about his rock, the foundation of Jesus Christ. Um, and Peter is going to be the one that is going to be part of that and is going to be taking part in that. But he is the rock. He is the solid foundation. Um, the, the cornerstone is necessary to do what? To start building walls. Uh, of, a, of a house, a foundation, the walls around it. You have to have a cornerstone there. That's where it, it all begins, right? That's where the support is. That's where the 
the things that are done to hold things in place. And that's the very nature of our faith. Jesus Christ is the firm foundation of our faith. And we need to recognize that. The guide for faith. Go to John 16, 13. John 16, 13. What would we do or where would we be without the Holy Spirit? Amen? Jesus promised the Spirit. Jesus promised the coming of the Spirit, when it, but he could not be there when he was there. And, and that's a very interesting uh, statement that he made. Uh, but in John 16, 13, it refers to the Holy Spirit. It says, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. Oh, really? He won't speak on his own authority. You know why? Because the authority is that fed foundation, that bedrock, Jesus Christ. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. How about that? That's what we need to understand and see. He gives us what we need to live and be obedient to his will. Amen? He gives us the desire to pray for others. He gives us the desire to pray for people in our church. People who are ailing for one at one point or another. People who are still scuffling with their health. He gives us the mind to be prayerful for those individuals and lift them up in prayer that God will perform a great healing, that will, he will take care of those individuals and give them peace and comfort. We have the mindset because of the Holy Spirit to be thinking of other people. What happens when the Spirit is not present? Guess who you think about? Me, myself, and I. Or you're just thinking only about yourself. And that's really important for us to see. If you're thinking about yourself, guess what you're doing? You're not focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I can't emphasize it enough. So the Spirit is the one who guides us into all truth. He gives us what we need to be able to live and function in today's society. And we can live and function in today's society if we just pay attention to what the Spirit is saying. The Word is historically true. Amen? Historically true when we talk about the nature of Scripture. Go to Matthew chapter 12. And let's take a look at verse, before I give you the verse real quick. Let's start at verse 38. I'm going to take the context approach here because I, I don't like just chopping up verses personally. I would much rather have them flow to where it makes real sense. So I apologize for that from earlier. We were just kind of doing verse by verse, and that's okay. But I want to make sure that the context comes out here in this particular passage. Starting at verse 38, then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. <laughs> verse 39, but he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Verse 40, for just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That's really interesting that he's just giving you an indication about the historical nature of the word and how Jonah in the whale, Jonah in the fish, not the whale, Jonah in the fish. Forgive me for that. We, we have to make sure that we're taking it being correct as far as the context. Jonah and the fish was in the fish three days and three nights. And Jesus just repeated that and said that he would have the same uh, type of fate, that essentially he would die on the cross and he would be be risen after the third day. That's at the third day he'd be rising uh, from the dead. But that's the thing that we... Uh, that's the part I'm covering, verse 40. Yeah, verses 38 through 40. There's more to it, but you'll, you'll see that if you read it on your own. Um, but we're talking about the historical nature of truth here. Here's another one. You're going to love this. Matthew 19... Let's start with verse 3, just for context. We're going to do 3 and 4. 3 and 4. Matthew 19, verse 3 and verse 4. And I wanted to get the dialogue in here about what the Pharisees and the, all the questions coming to the Lord Jesus. And the Pharisees came up to him and tested him by asking, and tested him, by the way, there you go, by asking, is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? Verse 4. He answered, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? Now, male and female, that's a hot topic today, isn't it? Um, have you not read from the beginning that he created them male and female? 
we have we can get into all kinds of conversations about that but we need to stick to where we are and understand that there are people out there like i said earlier in this broadcast that are very confused about who they are right now because satan has deluded them and tricked them and given them information that's not helpful male and female and so we recognize that that's the truth that is the truth that god has is showing us and making sure that we understand that i won't get any further into that because you'll know where i'm going with it but ultimately what it comes down to is that we need to pray for those people who are confused about what's going on right now today and pray that we we just help them in those areas too um verse matthew 20 drop down to matthew 24 this one will be complete. Verses 37 through 39. Matthew 24, verses 37 through 39. You have to understand, you've got to make an effort to not believe what the Word says. Amen? That's what you have to, you have to come to those conclusions in order to deny who the Lord is. Matthew 24, verses 37 through 39. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Now, we have to understand something. There's the rapture and there's the second coming that we're referring to, where we have to keep in mind that the rapture is merely the exercise that brings people who are believers out of the world uh, in the efforts of avoiding the great tribulation, the second coming of Christ is going to come without a warning. Uh, that's what we have to recognize here, too. In the same way, it's going to be different, though, but at that point, that is when the end will come. And we need to recognize that, too. Now, there is a there is a passage here, if you keep, continue on here, then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Now, this is referring to the rapture. But ultimately, his second coming, when he comes again, that will not be with a warning as well, too. So we need to recognize that Jesus is indeed coming. We need to be prepared for his coming. We need to make sure that we're ready for that. Uh, let's see. First Corinthians 11, verses 8 and 9. We're going to have to wrap this up here because we're running out of time. First Corinthians 11, verses 8 and 9. First Corinthians 11, verse 8 says, For man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. That's a statement that is authoritative as well as being historically true. Okay? First Timothy 2.13 says, For Adam was formed first, then Eve. So these are all words that we need to recognize, too, when it comes to that. God's word is indeed indestructible. Amen? Two more passages and we'll have to uh, to break. Um, verse Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. Matthew 5, verses 17 and 18. I know I've seen, I've read this verse so many times um, recently, but it just comes down to how we, when we read the Bible, we read the entire word of Jesus Christ from Old Testament and New Testament. All 66 books point to Jesus. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Verse 18 in Matthew 5, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Okay. Everything. The law until everything is accomplished. That's another version as well, too. Um, not an iota, not a dot. We've covered that passage before. And the last thing that we want to look at here is absolute truth. Absolute truth. It is indeed the truth. It's going to be John seventeen seventeen, And we will break from there. John seventeen seventeen, The prayer that Jesus made to the Lord uh, indeed was a prayer that speaks to how we should be approaching this whole situation today when it comes to um, what the Lord does for us. We should be getting sanctified because we're staying in the word and letting the Lord teach us through these moments. 
Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. The word of God is indeed truth, and that's where we need to always park ourselves. Park ourselves in the word and making sure that we are recognizing his goodness in the word. Um, I trust that you're being you're going to be prayerful this week, especially as we get further and further and closer and closer to uh, Easter Sunday as we start looking at the events that take place in the uh, final week of time or the short period of time before the Lord um, became uh, a sacrifice for us on the cross. I pray that you're doing that and focusing on those things, but I pray that you also recognize what your role is today. Uh, Jesus has already performed the act that grants eternal life to anyone who trusts in him but we need to be prayerful i i cannot i keep coming back to this on my own I, i'm sorry about this but because i keep repeating it but pray for others as you pray and humble yourself before the lord prayer and focusing on what the lord would have uh, you to share with other people as well too when the time comes being prayerful for the people that are hardened in heart that they recognize the presence of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Time is indeed short. We don't have a lot of time. All kinds of messages around us right now keep pointing to the end times because every day that goes by, we're closer to it. Amen? Let's recognize that for what it is. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to spend time and look at uh, your word and its authority, how the, the scriptures are indeed inerrant. They don't make mistakes. They we recognize that Jesus indeed can return at any time. He can return at any time when it comes to the issue of the rapture. He can return at any time, although it's prophetic that there are things that are happening before his return, his other return, where he comes to rule on earth. But, Lord, we pray that you'll just bless us now that with these things that are still to come, that we pray for others and have a mindset to pray for others who need Jesus Christ. Thank you for those reminders and thank you for your reassurance. Bless us and keep us, O Lord, and we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Stay tuned online for today's message, uh, a message from the Prince of Peace. That is coming up right now here on the timeline for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. And for those of you in Akron, I will see you in a little while, and we'll deliver that same message before you uh, in church. It's always a little bit different than it is online. So um, I pray that uh, you'll be able to make it, you'll be able to see it, and uh, hear what God has to say. Amen. You guys take care of yourselves. Thanks you for thank you for joining us again this week. We'll see you next time.